shit. You ruined that boy's life. You fucking parasite. They ain't nothing to do with that shit, man. I'm tired of excuses. It's not my fault. Well, I'm not hearing that bullshit no more. Some motherfuckers like you that mug Rosa Parks. Who the fuck is Rosa Parks? Who the fuck is Rosa Parks? Who's Rosa Parks? What's going on the brothers out here? Brothers, you stupid, ignorant motherfucker. Brothers? Brothers? Still you take care of your brothers? Huh? Real brothers take responsibility for their actions. And I'm gonna make damn sure you take responsibility for Come on, man. I don't be fucking around. I'm, I'm done with that. Done with it? Done with it? Fucking you are done from these streets. You're gone from this project and you're gone from New York. You hear me? You hear me? You hear me? Don't oh, you stop that nigga at two, man. Come on, man. Get the fuck back. Get the fuck back. Come on, you want something? You want something? Get up. Get up, get up, get up. I'll never see you again. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna shoot you five times at your door. Put a gun in your hand and say you tried to raise up on me for this beat down you just got. You understand? Do you understand? Do you understand? Shit. from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 70s? We talked about we've it ever the done 50s a movie from the 50s yeah. Oh, that's right. We did that, yeah. yeah. But we skipped the 60s and, and the, the 70s. 70s. <laughs> I don't think we've done a... Yeah. We're due for a 70s movie. Anyways, I'm Michael Govier. That's Travis Roy, Eric Branchum, Cinema 9 Podcast, ProtonMail.com. Cinema 9 Pod today focuses on 1995's Clockers. An outstanding film or not? I don't know. We'll find out. Either way, we're going to find out if it holds up or not. That's our main course today. Travis Roy, 79 Podcast. How are you feeling these days? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I'm back to work, which is, you know, that's good. And uh, But I'm kind of out of the, you know, getting out of the mindset of hanging around watching movies and getting more into the mindset of back to life, back, back to reality, reality smoke you know, my weed. Right. <laughs> 
That's right. Smoke your you weed. Think, uh, remember when Kanye West started that church thing for a minute, like Sunday prayer sessions, and he was on <laughs> live? It was like a... It didn't work out? But he would just play that song on repeat. That's all it was. It's like, you're not is doing anything new here. That was one of the sessions, which is just that song, his own version of it for hours. I didn't, I didn't attend any sessions, but when I think Moral Bastion, I think <laughs> Kanye West. Cornerstone... I hope he runs for president in 2024. I'll vote for him. Why not? So. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a it, life is a fiasco. Let's just let's just vote for biggest bozo. Oh, it'd be cool. If Lupe Fiasco ran for president. I would run for him. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd vote for him. Chicago's I, rumor own. Rumor right, he might be on the ticket. Uh, Eric, uh, Griffith, Indiana, but you're not far from Chicago. Did you make it up to Lollapalooza last weekend? I drove through it. I wasn't blown away by the lineup, but I, I was. You know, I was thinking about going, but I, I who was on the lineup? Wanna... I don't even. I saw maybe I the Boot Chili Fighters. Peppers? Are they Journey, always there? Journey with like the new singer from like a cover band. It was a kind well, of. Well, they've been doing that for years, though. I mean, that's yeah, but, it's the Brazilian dude, right? Portuguese. But oh uh, shit! Yeah, but they do speak it. Portuguese in Brazil, so that's what I was. I think that's what I was doing there. I don't know. I mean, do they not speak? Is that not the main language of Brazil? Am I wrong? Oh, it absolutely is. I'm just trying to figure out how that relates to Journey. Well, because I I missed a step somewhere out of like a mall, they could sing like yeah, the guy and he was the guy. Oh, he just be in the band. I don't know. Is that common knowledge that the guy they plucked from the mall to sing for Journey is Portuguese? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, he was. I had no fucking clue. General knowledge. Uh, Yeah, I knew he wasn't Steve Perry. I do know that. Run in different circles. But he's been doing that for a while. Yeah, for years. Yeah, it? like 20 years or more. Yeah, it's been, yeah, a, it's been a minute. Good for him. It's been some time uh, Journey, since he's plucked. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have no interest in seeing Journey. Like, yeah, I, Remember in yeah. 2002? Like in 2002, I loved, I was big into, you know, Journey. 2002 yeah. was good quality well, Journey time yeah. for me. But by 2008 I, or nine, it had jumped the shark. And I'm just like, I don't want to hear any more Journey. I, I, I love I love Journey, but like Steve Perry is Journey. So Absolutely. if it's not Steve Perry, that's like like yeah. no Axel Rowe is like exactly the point. I'm I, I love Journey still. My 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 love has not faded, but I'm not I'm not gonna see Creedence Clearwater revisited either. You know, like, <laughs> I don't care like how, what, how like I mean I, I'm not an ACDC fan, so I didn't care when they replaced the guy that sounded just like another guy. Like I don't, I don't care. But um, and also that was like halfway through their career, so it's a little different. They got but, like one wow. dude that plays rhythm guitar for like a week <laughs> in like the late seventies for him or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, but generally speaking, I'm like I'm not interested in a band that just like has some, you know, replacement singer that like just like I don't it's know. You can't, right. you can't replace them. I, even the Steely Dan's coming to town. I'm kind of like ah, what, yeah, no, sense to me. But yeah. no, I'm good. Fagan's still alive. So. And he's the singer, and that does matter most. It does. To me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go I see that. Billy Dan. Who am I kidding? Yeah. I've seen yeah, it before, but with, with yeah. Walter. But yeah, I'll go. Uh, yeah, I'm Lone Man. Uh, my wife is up in beautiful, drop dead gorgeous Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, on like some work outing. So. Did you stay home for the show, by the way? <laughs> I'm here, aren't I? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Why not? Why can't you take the the stuff with you? And, and well, Mike, Mike and I both have uh, it, broadcast from. It, yeah, it was a day trip for her. I'm here with my daughter, so like I got like her monitor. So like I just got to make sure that like she's like breathing and stuff. So if I pop out, I'll be back. No big. It's always cool when your child is breathing. Yeah, I'll be back. Going. Hey, maybe you should say that on the show. I'll be back because yeah, it's a movie sure. show. Not? That'd be fun. Not, well, yeah, let's let's pepper more movie references. Perhaps some drops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I got a bunch, but. Yeah. <laughs> 
I knew that would fade. That's okay. You guys don't like this. No, I would do it. You guys don't like it, so I'm that's trying to respect true. you guys. So. We, we, they they really? grew on me. I mean, oh, yeah, that's the vibe had... I got when I started it. I honestly well, thought that way. Yeah, so I was trying only, to respect you guys. No, so. The only complaint, as far as I remember, the only complaint any of us had was like, maybe vary the drop so you don't hear the same ah! quote five or six times in one show. That was the only complaint I think any of us made. Oh, well, then I'll reconsider my position. Okay, yeah, great. By all means, I got drop a world. I got like 800, you know, but I can only use 64 at a time. That's oh. the only setback but that's still like one show yeah so. yeah okay cool yay hey. look at this oh, yay. Hey. <laughs> hey, uh, what else do i got i haven't used it in a while uh, we always have this one travis loves that one. Uh, yeah. Ooh, wait what about me yeah. is, it, is that the when travis says something uh drop <laughs> <laughs> no i got this one. reason will prevail reason will prevail that's not for a movie, though. So, anyways, I'm sure I got some more movie ones I'll have to dig up. Oh, here's a movie one. Eric likes this one. What did you, what did you have? A few drinks this morning? Huh? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think you did. Mother Tori. Mike Starr, speaking of which. Mike Starr, yeah. That's all. By the way, a Mike Starr. Every, yeah. By the way, I, I feel like Travis chose this movie, Clockers, which we will review later because it has Mike Starr, Delroy Lindo, <laughs> and. Keith David. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was. Yeah, and so. Michael Badaluco. <laughs> <laughs> doofus cop at the very end like a hot second oh! of, of battle rico action yeah um by the way i do like journey so i, I don't want to i just got oh, i just had to go away for a while it had to go away for a while so okay. yeah especially but i'll never like don't stop believing ever again ever again so i mean they kind that's of over. they kind of wore it out like I mean, yeah a little bit. that's the main one but you Once know lights Thanos episode happened it was like yeah, wheels lights. in the sky that's dude cool. uh yeah uh there's a lot of great I'm stuff in. that did it but Lollapalooza seemed kind of bland to me. Uh, it also seemed like maybe a bad time to go still. I know we're getting better. People are getting healthier. Yeah. I've been to two Lollapaloozas. Two. Yeah, okay. That was in 08 and 09. Back-to-back years. And I never went out again. I didn't. It's very crowded. And yeah. there's That's porta potties <laughs> And I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. No, no, no. I, mean, I, I went to like one or two fests. And I'm like, they're not for me, dude. Like, sea of people. Uh, too hot. Like, I don't like standing on fucking concrete uh, for a day. It's man. not for me. I don't know. I might go to Riot Fest. We got Faith No More, Coheed, No Effects, Smashing Pumpkins. Like that lineup is out of, off the charts. Yeah, well, the lineups are always like, ooh, but then I'm like, ah, $150 to stay in the heat all fucking day around a bunch of strangers. That's, we get down to it. I'm just too grumpy for that. I'm <laughs> grumpy. <laughs> I uh, did, I will say, the 08 Lollapalooza, seeing Rage Against the Machine, the year that. Obama, he got elected later that year, and like everybody hated Bush so much by then. That was intense, and that was super cool. That's a special moment where you like part of something, but the rest of the experience, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. All the toadies, who cares? Okay, I saw the toadies. <laughs> I mean, I love going to shows and then big shows. Yeah, but oh, like, that's different. I, I, I can endure it for you know, no matter how much I love it, but I, you know, after like five bands or so, I'm like, ah, I'm about done here. So like a day fest, I'm down for a day fest. I don't want to do oh, yeah. that person. There should be more day fest. That'd be cool. Yeah. If it's a singular day, I'm totally in. I like that idea. Yeah. We did one day of riot fest in Denver in 2013. And that was cool. It was like, okay, we did one day and we went home. That was it. And you know, yeah. day, minus the bear, minus the bear played. It was where me and Christian made fun of it. Cause Christian was with me on that trip. And shout out to Christian, who did our logo, by the way. Very solid American. <laughs> and the Minus the Bear singer was just like hungover or just like on tour for too long. So every time I see Christian, we talk Minus the Bear inevitably. What have you done? What have you done? What have you done? Yeah, there's a Jesus. song by Minus the Bear. Go, what have you done? He, he wasn't he hitting was, it that night, huh? He was not hitting it in that hot, hot. <laughs> this is like east side Denver or beyond Denver. So it's like the flat 
rounds of Colorado. It's not as mountainous. It's very dry and hot, and it was hellish. Anyways, mm. this is not a movie. Wait, this is a movie show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it is. Not a music festival review pod. This is the Cinema Night Podcast, and we're going to get into quarantine VIPs. Travis Roy, you all have control of the board. I watched some movies. Uh, you know, you had recommended to me a while ago, Mike, to check out Black Hat. Am I right? You you, you liked this movie, <laughs> the Michael Mann film? I kind of did. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah. It was better than the first time I saw it. That's for sure. So, okay. Yeah, I did. I did say that. Yeah, you did. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate it. I did. I didn't hate it, but I I did find it like meandering and kind of like, uh, ooh, it's still going. Like, um, oof. Definitely like having like it's fun. I was I was amazed that what's his name Elliot Goldenthal I think his name is that, that did Heat um like what the, but Atticus Ross and some other fellows are doing this one but like other than that in a lot of ways it just feels like a lot of Heat like stuff kind of revisited like warmed over like not like not in the way that Collateral was where it was like a, a director like you know dipping into his toolbox but more like in a way that kind of felt like someone that had gotten used to like playing the same solo really well kind of <laughs> to bring it back into music so I, I yeah i wasn't really into it i didn't hate it though but it was okay. uh the first time i saw it i feel exactly like you feel but the yeah. second time when i watched it three four years later five years later i was that was the review i gave you the post kind of five year later review i liked it a lot more so maybe watch it yeah. in five years and see if it yeah changes. yeah remind me on episode 500 to rewatch <laughs> black hat I will. I'm, uh, I'm going to make a guarantee here on episode 670. <laughs> this episode 70. Uh, yeah, we're on episode 70. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So episode 600, whatever the fuck. Uh, I watched The Hollow, pretty decent uh, kind of like this Irish horror film from 2015. It takes a lot of Irish folklore and spins it into a really effective horror movie. Um, I thought it was pretty good, pretty creepy, kind of gross, but not too bad. Um, I would recommend that one. My Nicolas Cage movie for the week was a good one. It was The Trust from 2016 with him. And uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. The Hobbit. What's the Hobbit's name? I'm a fan of the man. I just yeah, can't think Elijah of his name. Right Wood. Now. Elijah Wood. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, fine little film between the two of them. Well-directed. Good score. Um kind of a different story like it's about like these two like they're cops but they're like the like property manager cops they're not like real real cops and they kind of like figure some information out to to pull off a heist and things kind of like build intention between the two of them it was pretty good um you know nicholas cage you know i'm a fan but i will happily acknowledge it like out of every five movies he does four like you know they're for me they're not for everybody else this is one for everybody else like i think anyone would like the trust it was pretty good uh, I watched the River's Edge at, you, at your guys' suggestion. Oh man, yeah, wow, um, nihilistic as fuck. Like, yeah. like, oof, like, just bleak, <laughs> just yeah. bleak. Uh, and it, and I find it amazing it came out the same year as Stand by Me. I'm sure I'm not the first person to make that observation, but uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It was, it was bleak. I, I did enjoy it. I could definitely, especially for being from 1986. Like, I mean. It kind of reminded me of Blood Simple in some ways where like um, not necessarily going to blow away a viewer today, but you can think of it like by the terms of independent film in the in its era. Like woof, I, if, if I if that if I had come across this, then I would be very heavily invested in it. Um, but uh, but it, it was worth seeing. Definitely. 
Um, I watched Baby uh. Boom, this horror movie with <laughs> Diane Keaton, where she's oh like suddenly got this oh. child thrust upon her that she has to. Is uh, Aaron raise. here? Aaron, are you in the chat? Because me <laughs> and Aaron, uh, I watched it at Aaron's house a couple years you, ago. You watched Baby Boom with him? Two uh, men well, hanging out watching Baby Boom together. Kind of, yeah, that's great. That's beautiful. Maybe he wasn't home, but it was at his house for sure. I definitely remember it because I turned it off after about 40 minutes, which is a long time to last on that particular film. Oh, I made the whole two hours. You know, you know, I, I love my Diane Keaton. I do, um, too, but fuck, man. Come on. It, that one, it paid off by the end, but it was some work. I'm not going to lie. Wait, I got um, to the part where she's like, she moves away to a new little town and she opens up a store. Is that real? Yeah, that really happens. And there's a okay, lot yeah. more movie after that. <laughs> there's a baby boom TV show that didn't really take off. But I can see why. Like, this is like a very <laughs> lengthy story about this woman that just, I mean, it just goes on and on about like, it's like, here, watch this 10 years of this woman's life, but it's really only like a year. Oh, but, uh, can I say something real quick? Oh, of course. Rivers, uh, River's Edge. I'm sorry. I just no, wanted to go back yeah, to that. Go ahead. So you're saying you didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I mean, I you thought it was it. a solid film making yeah, yeah. obviously and acting and all that crap but it's a tough watch is that what you're kind of implying well, no, i mean i'm just saying like it is it is a bleak film like you're like the way that these characters are are dealing with what they're coming across is like pretty you know it's, it's not like oh i feel great about humanity while i watch this movie like it's like no, uh, life is cheap sense. in this film you know that <laughs> and, makes sense uh, yeah but maybe if it maybe if it hadn't been about what it's about the i'm not gonna say the act so i don't want to ruin it for people well but maybe it's been like a lesser offense it would have been more reason like oh i could buy this a little bit more and because to me i thought it was like wow these kind of kids exist and yeah. this is the type of shit that happens in teenage years because people don't want to look uncool especially in the 80s yeah. I, I could kind of see that but maybe it was if it was a less extreme extreme offense it would have been more uh, real yeah you know i think that it I didn't know this until after I watched the movie, but it, it doesn't help that, um, you know, <laughs> it's based on a true story. It's based it on, uh, it's based on an actual thing that happened. And that's just kind of like, we just kind of had this whole Amanda Knox thing going through, uh, the, the, the news cycle, uh, talking about the movie, uh, Stillwater and like how real life is used in film. And, and that, you know, like you get that often. So like, it's not like, it's, it's a it's a weird subject, but uh, even before I knew that, it's just it's just a really like it's just really bleak. I don't know how else to put it. Like it's just um, it's, it is bleak. I'll give you yeah, that. I didn't. I mean, it's like, also again, weirdly funny at times. Uh, I just yeah. thought that Crispin Glover like weirdly made me laugh a few times, even though he's just because he's just such a bozo in that movie. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna make a controversial uh, statement here. I thought he was pretty fucking terrible in that movie. Oh, I, I, I know people like live and breathe Crispin Glover, but I just thought he was just so over, bored, man, <laughs> like, like fucking Christopher Walken, man, rein it in a little bit. I actually thought Keanu Reeves was fantastic in it and really kind of like because he kind of like got offered some shit for a while and people kind of <laughs> didn't take him seriously. But I think he showed early on that he's got some seriously good acting chops. I thought he was great. In it. But Christopher, Crispin Glover, man, like fucking. Bring it down about forty percent. You got yourself a really great. Performance. Come on, Mike. It's, <laughs> oh. You just nailed that. He was. You yeah, just did yeah. the Crispin Glover in River's Edge to a T. By the way, that if yeah. you've not seen River's Edge, folks, <laughs> Travis just nailed it. It was very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. So I mean, yeah, yeah. So worth seeing, but I think I would have liked it a lot more if I saw it in nineteen eighty six. Fair enough. I'd like to see it in high school when I was sixteen. Yeah. See how I felt about it too. Okay, I'm done. 
Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely worth watching. Um, I watched uh, uh, this movie called Romance and Cigarettes. You guys ever hear of this movie, Romance and Cigarettes from 2005? Let me bring this up real quick. Um, I sort of had this ready. I didn't. Um, this movie is directed by um, John Turturro, oh. and it's starring James Gandolfini. It also has Susan Sarandon, Kate Winslet, Steve Buscemi, Bobby Cannavale, Mandy Moore, Mary Louise Parco, Parker, uh, Aida Turturro, Christopher right. Walken. This movie, like this movie, has a huge fucking cast, and it's a musical. I've never heard of this thing in my life. Wow. Um, it reminded me kind of of Search and Destroy, another kind of inventive and weird film that Christopher Walken and John Turturro did together. Very much like only, um, I mean, it's it's very like clearly like, hey, we're not even going to try and make money on this thing. We are just artists. We are actors going to kind of experiment with film a little bit here and like play with, I mean, you have like, I mean, Aida Turturro is two years older than uh James well was two years older than James Gandolfini and is playing one of his daughters, for instance. Like, there's not a lot of logic going on in, in the film, but like, it's um, it was it was fun. It's a fun movie. Like, if you like James Gandolfini, if you like you know these actors I just mentioned and the idea of them, it's not like a regular kind of musical. Like, they are singing, but mostly it's like they're singing along with a, like a kind of famous song. So it's not like like you have like decent vocals, even though like. Frankly, James Gandolfini can't sing or couldn't. Um, what? Bobby Cannavale, by the way, was in the Jesus Rolls. Was it better yeah, than that? Yeah, I haven't seen Jesus Rolls, but it kind of made oh, me oh. want to watch it. I, 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 but like, I, I, yeah, I've heard enough terrible things about Jesus Rolls. I mean, John John Turturro is such an out there kind of director. Um, just again, very artsy fartsy, but uh, worth seeing if you're a fan of these of these guys. Um, and I'll wrap this up. I actually discovered a, uh, a filmmaker. I really like this guy named Noah Bouchel. He, he did a movie from 2014 I watched called Glass Chin, which I wrote a uh, review on Instagram about if you want to dig in deeper to that. Um, I, I liked that film enough to watch the film that Bouchel did a couple years before that, also with Marin Ireland and uh, an actor named Paul Sparks. This two-hander called Sparrow's Dance, uh, almost like a almost like a play. It's a, it's a romance about an agoraphobic and uh, the, the plumber that she has to kind of like let into her building, into her home. And uh, again, like this, this filmmaker, Noah Bouchel, like really, really good dialogue and like brave directing choices, not like overtly, like, like hitting you over the head about it where it's like, Oh, like this is exhausting, but like just every, like both the movies that I've watched of his now, like he just makes these choices that are like, this is not what every director would do. And I really, really like it. I'm going to watch more of this guy's stuff. I recommend both of those, those films, Glass Chin and uh, Sparrow's Dance. His okay. latest is The Phenom. Look at this cast. Paul Giamatti and Ethan no, Hawke. His latest is Man in the Woods from 2020. Hmm. Yeah, but, right. but I was looking for Phenom with Ethan Hawke as well. Yeah, but it's not streaming. Mike, who is Rick room. and Kill? This stuff. Uh, True story from this major league baseball star. Oh I, no, I've shit! Never heard of him? Yeah, he's a guy who developed what is known as the yips. You know, he. Oh just... yeah, yeah. I know about that from Ted Lasso. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're not supposed to say the yips according yeah. to Ted Lasso, but yeah. he. uh This Rick Ankiel was an amazing player. Real quick, I'll keep it brief. Mm. And he was awesome. He was a pitcher, and he was in the playoffs. And people, he was a phenom. He was 20 years old. Everyone oh. loved him. And then all of a sudden, the next year, he could just not throw a strike anymore. He was a pitcher. He could not put it. Huh. The plate and he lost everything real like that. Oh. So 
I'm gonna check that out then. That sounds like something I would definitely like. And you um, said it's yeah. good. So or you well, said he's a good director. Yeah, so. he's definitely a good writer director. He's someone I'm gonna I'm gonna watch <laughs> all of his stuff, frankly. I, I was yeah. really blown away by both of the films of his that I watched. That sounds awesome. That is so fetch. Uh, Eric, are you going to finish Weekend at Burton's or what have you been watching recently? <laughs> no, I haven't seen Weekend at Burton's in 30 years. My, no, Burton's. Come you. on. Weekend at Burton's. <laughs> Weekend at that, that was a pre-show joke. The listeners didn't hear that. <laughs> My God. You know what? It's been a bit, kind of a light week for me. A lot of a lot of ghost hunters. But, you know, I watched the Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I watched that Woodstock 99 doc. And, <laughs> my God, you guys. <laughs> Travis, do you remember we went to spring break at Becky Hepke's, like, uncle's house? And I just got caught in mid-drink, and I just spit all over everybody. I used to, I, I did it a couple times. Uh, yeah. You he just got me, Eric. <laughs> That was funny. I'm wow. sorry, Eric. Okay, you watch Woodstock 99. Okay. Yeah. Um. Just, I mean, just such a terrible idea. Like, I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, yeah, I'm chuckling and I'm feeling bad for a lot of these people. But I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, who's responsible? And it's like, it's, it's like every, yeah, you're right. It's just everyone. It's Society. like, how, how did that, there it is. Bing. How, how did this happen? Like, and I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, you get like 100,000 people together. This is going to happen today. And then they're talking about, you know, Coachella still going on. And I'm like. You're right. This is just severe mismanagement across the board, like on every single level. But good doc, man. Yeah. You liked really it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I really dug it. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to talk more about that on my separate pod because we kind of keep you? it brief here. We don't really extrapolate for like an hour because that's not the show. We, it's not the kind of show we have here. But on my other pod, the Is It Safe pod, I really want to talk more about that because mm. so many angles that they bring into it. And you can blame <laughs> yeah. the mayor. You know, they yeah, bring, yeah, you yeah. can bring the mayor, yeah. you can blame the two dudes, Lang and yep. Shrek. Yep. The promoter. The Shirt, yeah. Michael Shirt. The other guy. Yeah, yep. you can blame, you're right, you can blame a lot just of blame everybody. So. The, blame the, everybody. The, the rioters themselves. I mean, like, yeah, there's, there's No, 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 no not the rioters. Never blame the rioters, though. <laughs> the security guards just walked off. Oh, yeah, who <laughs> traded favors for sex? What? Class act, guys. Peace patrol, bro. Um, but it's a series. Uh, is this a series by Bill Simmons, Mike? Is there going to be like more like episodes or like different like controversial like music box? I believe it's called. Shit? Yeah, five yeah. more, five okay. more. I don't know when they're coming out or how, but he did. I'll say this: they did Andre the Giant one, which I liked, and they okay. did this one. So yeah. I think there's a decent two track brewing, record brewing for here. For sure. Yeah. Watch the great documentary from 2000, Dark Days. Uh, I thought it was fucking fantastic. So. Mark Singer is the director. It chronicles a group of people living in this abandoned section of the New York subway system, the Freedom Tunnel. And it's just a really interesting look at uh, the, like the homeless and the, 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 the state of this group of people who are just living in this fucking abandoned tunnel. Like, like on the grid, they got power and everything until eventually like Amtrak kind of brooms them on it sweeps them on out of there but for a long time 15 20 years these people they call them colloquially mole people but they were down there and they were living their lives and this documentarian goes in there lives with them for a few years he shot it throughout the 90s and uh if you're interested it's on tubi i very highly recommend it um i, I thought it was really interesting called dark days um but yeah just two films this week one of them travis is pig I rented oh. it on demand. As soon as I saw your message that it was available, All right. I stopped what I was I, doing and turned I, it on. I figured you'd watch it. I'm really eager to hear your thoughts. But I no, spoilers. Watch it no, now. no spoilers. I have access spoilers. to it, and I haven't 
I almost clicked it last night, but I didn't. You so maybe I'll completely. watch it this next yeah, week. Go in, go in cold. Don't go in with any expectations about what you think it might be, the genre it might be, what it might pretend to do. Um, I got to tell you, uh, and I'm going to be completely honest here. I let the film wash over me, and I had to sit with it like throughout the day. I just mm-hmm. I didn't know what I thought about it. Like Everyone's saying they're coming out of the theater like, oh, this is so fucking unbelievable. I, I knew I was watching a, a really good piece of art but i just didn't know what to think about it and i didn't want to jump to conclusions and be like this is a complete masterpiece but it sat with me and sat with me um and i'm gonna have to probably end up renting it again in the next few days because i I can't stop thinking about it i've never seen a film like it like a lot of people are calling it this i'll I'll say this much kind of an anti-revenge film and 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 i think that speaks volume from my standpoint uh, in my opinion yeah, but, but but yeah, I mean, this is definitely something to see because it's unlike anything I've, I've watched in a while and a, a beautiful performance by I loved it. Alex I loved Wolf it. and Nick Cage. I loved it very much. Oh, I got into an yeah. argument at softball last Sunday about over what kind Nick of movie. Cage? Well, yeah. I, I'd fight uh, over yes. Nick Cage. Well, it's kind of Nick Cage. It's more about a movie he did. Yeah, Mandy. Oh. We were arguing about oh, what kind of yeah. movie it was because I yeah. said it, accidentally said it was a horror movie. And they're like, no, it's not. This guy yelled at me. And uh, uh, the, I'm a huge uh, horror yeah. fan, a huge Mandy fan. I would define it as a horror movie. Yes. Oh, great. See, well, I, thank I, you. I might call it a comedy. So yeah, there's a lot of different viewpoints on that film. And on this yeah, one, horror drama, check it like out. a horror drama. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of laughs, too. <laughs> but at least horror is one of the it, dashes in my life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fucking like a lot of crazy stuff. But yeah, you got bikers from hell in this movie. Bikers, like, biker mice from Mars. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> insane, dude. But yeah, I mean, I, I I just can't stop thinking about it, Travis. I, Big, yeah. I, I, one of those thinkers. I mean, that's it. You guys can't say anything else. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I, let's. Else. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's move. I'm on. gonna watch it. I promise for next week. I'm making. I don't want to talk sec- about it for anybody. Like I want. Like, I don't want to talk about it with anybody until it's been out for like a couple of years. Yeah. A couple of years. <laughs> God damn it! I just well, then we'll take it offline. Any, then I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I I know like the more I talk about, it, the more I'm gonna. I feel like I'm yeah, gonna yeah, raise yeah. people's uh, expectations for it. And I don't want to do that. You do realize it's possible. There's other people who've seen Pig who want to talk about it. Maybe who watch our show too. I have so no we control could put over a big spoiler alerts we could i recommend it i mean i'll tell you that i definitely definitely recommend it you guys are both strongly recommending it so i'll at least watch it this weekend and i'll say that i at least watch it by next thursday oh christ That's you my, know what uh, man bovier guarantee Fuck. alliteration you love it a, a few months ago i watched that woody woody yelling doc and i and i did a blood vow in my living room to never again watch a woody yelling film which held up for a couple months I broke it. I broke yeah. the vow. Um, flipping through Amazon, and I see this movie. I don't remember hearing anything about Irrational Man. Joaquin Phoenix, Parker Posey. I saw Parker Posey's name on the screen, and I immediately hit play. Uh, vow be damned. I'm a stone. <laughs> um, I, I, I loved it. I loved it so much. It might be one of my top three favorite Woody Allen movies. I, I loved it so much. So... What else can I say? I tried to keep the vow going. I still don't have much respect. I don't have any respect for this man as a human being. Any. What is it? Breaking news. But I love the film. And that's all I can say. I got to be honest with myself. I got to know, were you guys spying or at least audio spying? Did you have one of those trackers or apps that where you could turn on someone's microphone from anywhere? Because that's what we, we also talked about the Woody Allen doc at the softball game. So strange. Um, what uh, the course, fuck are you talking about, bro? I, <laughs> 
I am clearly not playing. I'm. Just, I spent a lot of time on the bench for that game, and uh, so mm. we had a lot. We had a cut. We had to talk about a lot of stuff. So we talked movies, and we talked about yeah. the Woody Allen doc. And a guy brought up an interesting article that he read in the Guardian that actually brought a new viewpoint about the doc itself the and Mia Farrow's motives. Okay. It's interesting. It was actually. I'm not going to replay it for you here, but if you want to read it, check it out. Make your own judgments. Uh, I did find it somewhat curious. It wasn't me who brought it up. It was the guy I was talking to. Oh, well, if it's just some guy. Lots of people are saying. Lots of people yeah. are saying. Yeah, you know, some people are saying that, you know, somebody wrote something. That's all I got for you. <laughs> Very yeah. compelling argument you're making here, Mike. Somebody <laughs> wrote an article. You should be a lawyer. Genius, genius, yeah, genius. Clarence Darrow over here. <laughs> uh, I'm making a note of each hey, drop of music so I don't face. use it again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so just like you, pretty limited. Uh, I was, I knocked out season one and two of Detroiters. I never saw Detroiters. I never even heard of it. Like God damn it! Quite a bit. Yeah, good. it's good, isn't it's, it? It was fantastic. I wish I'd watched it sooner. I kind of was like, oh, it looks dumb. They don't know Detroit. Like I know more than they do. I was totally. <laughs> they had so many references. I won't say them, but it's just it's mind boggling. I swear to God, it's like if we all sat down and we. Went on YouTube, went lot, looked at all of our favorite old commercials from growing up and shit from here, and we made a show about it. It's mind-blowing. It's so Detroit-centric. There's so many Detroit right. companies and everything. It's crazy. Well, it is called Detroiters, so I guess it... Yeah, but some people use it as like, okay, yeah, this yeah. is where we're at. And then Detroit they Rock City was filmed in Toronto. Never forget. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, four, I've said this before. Four Brothers was also filmed in Hamilton and Ontario. Yeah, so yeah. that fact that they really made an effort here i was surprised and it was also quite funny so it's a funny show and also um his new effort tim robinson's uh i think you should leave is getting a lot of positive feedback he also did that so if you're into tim robinson check it out and sam richardson i actually think sam richardson is much funnier than tim robinson when i not started watching the show so that's my opinion and i'm allowed to have that as far as movies though uh it's pretty slow but i did and i've never seen this movie before <laughs> I fired up the Criterion channel here, and I'm going to get into some weird places for the next couple of weeks, probably. That's cool. But I finally, I yeah. never saw, I love Michael Mann, but I never saw Manhunter. I love Bill Peterson. Oh, you never I saw love Manhunter, Bill man. Peterson. Holy wow. What'd you think? I never, I never actually watched it. I, so I heard weird. about it, and I probably faked it at a party in 2006. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. You know, I definitely did that. But <laughs> I'm just being honest. Mike, you're uh, not going to believe this. I watched 10 minutes of Manhunter today before I time got away from me. So there might be something weird going on here. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yep. I'm dead serious. Do you have the Criterion channel or do you just have a copy? I own it on DVD. I love the film. So good. Yeah. So good. Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan, man. Tom Noonan. Fucking Tom Noonan. But Francis Bill Peterson, Colorado. this is like Dennis Farina's like first chance to act, too, I believe. Yeah, he was really good in that. Yeah. I've, it's just I love Bill Peterson so much. That's why I love Fear. Fear's not a great movie, but I love William Peterson. Like I just yeah. something about him. I don't. I never watched CSI. I know he made his <laughs> his nut on that show. <laughs> like you're like I'm laughing because we're talking about actor William Peterson, who <laughs> all three of us and our entire core group of friends have all been a big fan of since the '90s, which is so weird to the point that like. Yeah. Growing up, the lot like because he's in uh, the the HBO remake of Twelve Angry Men, and like oh, how many times have we said, "Hey, let's run up the flagpole and see if anybody salutes me." Licks it up. I mean, like I've said these quotes like a million times because it's so weird enough. Our our friend group just fucking loves William Peterson. Huh. 
I actually I wasn't that familiar with that. Wow, yeah, that's funny. Just you, my friend. I don't talk about it all the time, but it just reminded me how much I enjoy his work. That's funny. So, look about his face. I like looking at his face. His eyes are intense. <laughs> Affable uh, Midwestern face. I like the Manhunter credits though. They're like very green and eighties. It's cool. It's weird. It's like it's off putting in a way when the sh- when the movie starts and. It's a great score too. It's classic eighties. I, I hate that score um, so much. I can see why I know, you hate everyone, it. But I everyone love disagrees it. with me. I know. I know. Oh, oh, everyone disagrees. Oh uh, yeah, people love the score. I, I'm I'm in the minority camp on that one. I think. I thought it might not have aged well necessarily for some people, but that's good to know. Anyways, I'm really glad I watched it. I strongly recommend it. Uh, the one I have to see is the one that Eric watched still, and that's Thief. I got to find Thief, and I got to watch Thief. that one. So, I think that would complete the man, basically all of his movies, I believe. But I, I've actually didn't watch Mohicans before we did Mohicans, so I'm finishing out the man catalog. But other than that, I, I, I didn't get a chance to sit down and chomp on any movies, really, I don't believe. So. I was in Georgia last week, too. If you saw the show yeah, last week, uh, that was... Sorry if there's any bogus audio from that. I did oh, my no, best. Oh, uh, no, you did great. It was, I mean, and your nephew is very adorable. He's intense. He's an intense dude. He's very passionate about life, and that's a good thing. Good for I, him. Is Nick, it around the family by any chance? No, 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 no. no. No, a, a dull and placid people are the Govies. Docile people. <laughs> Don't have much to say. Lackluster. Yeah, Lackluster kind of bunch. Heartless, hopeless, dickless. <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, there it is. Quarantine viewing picks. Uh, I got to stop watching TV shows. I got to start watching more movies. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm letting you guys down. But that's okay. What, what TV shows were you watching? Movies, so. Well, I, like I said, remember the week before, I watched like all the league stuff. So I'm doing a lot more TV yeah. shows recently. I got to get back to movies. But yeah. with this Criterion access I now have, I'm going to be getting weird with it. I'm going to take myself in new directions. I'm actually kind of excited about it because I just watched Manhunter last night and got the access. So I'm right excited. On. Right on, a lot right of stuff on, in right there. On. I've heard the titles, awesome. but I've never seen. So Kind of put kind of put them under your belt. Yeah. You know, I, I like I like to be. I want to try new things. Uh, I actually, oh, I will say this. I did start watching American movie, but I stopped it. I just wasn't in the mood for it. Dude, I, I, watch it. I fucking love America. I'm, I'm not even going to say it because you're not going to believe it. But I was just thinking I, about it. I believe you. I generally have a belief in what you say. I was literally just thinking about it last night when I was searching for something. Oh, yeah. Movie, but COVID. Fucking really fun movie. COVID yeah, COVID, COVID, COVID. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Cool movie. It was like, I just watched it for 10 minutes. I'm like, ah, I just don't feel like watching this right now. But I'll give it another shot. It was so. quite the sensation when it came out. To the, I remember like, that. To the point that it was like kind of annoying. Like, oh, I'm at another party where someone's making a fucking joke about American movie. But like, <laughs> it was pretty. It was it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Okay, it was, right. it's worth seeing. Yeah, Wisconsinites, they're they're people too. I mean, it was All funny right. in '99. I don't know how much it's gonna hold up now. Sounds like a show. <laughs> All Well, speaking of the show, it's time to adjust your YouTube sets or wherever you're watching this. You could be listening on all podcast formats. Five stars is welcome on Apple Podcasts. It is still the only way to rate the show as far as I know. And we would love that. It's nice. It makes us feel good. We like to connect. We like movies. Uh, if you missed last week's show, uh, you can go back and listen to that. We did They Live, and we had a very special guest on. That's what I just did. Eric's gonna be so pissed when we do Freddy Got Fingered. It's gonna happen, it's gonna happen one day. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's a listener's. I hope we play a game of uh, selection and it gets selected. That'd be even here. funnier. Uh, but Donnie Richmond was on the show last week, and he has his own show, the All American Spook Show. Show. Yeah. Yes. All American Spook Show. Uh, he's a very nice fellow. He tweeted at me about fantasy football this week, and then he didn't follow up. I'm not really sure what that was about. But, Donnie, thank you. Good to know you. You're a sweet man. 
Thank you for being on the show. And check out his man. podcast. He is. It's a good man and thorough from what I hear. I mean, I, I've heard that about him. Anyways, Travis, are you ready? Yeah. Because we're going to dive into the film that you selected for this week. It's called Cluckers. 1995 film. It's not really. Yeah, it's, it's not a scary movie. It's no. a drama. But it's, it's not like the Disney. Cluckers. Cluckers. Check out Cluckers. <laughs> what's gonna happen when a couple of crazy kids sell drugs on the street stay tuned for clockers no uh clockers is (laughs) oh god i'm sorry folks okay (laughs) clockers is a movie but it's a very intense movie 1995 spike lee directed all you gotta do now is tell me the truth did you shoot Daryl Adams? Oh man, no. Who did? Scientific. Who the fuck is scientific? He's down with my crew. Did you see him kill Daryl Adams? Oh. Did he tell you we killed Daryl Adams? No. Did he kill anybody else who killed Daryl? I don't know, man. Why you keep sweating me? It was Earl Barnes. Damn. Get up! Get up, you fucking Yo, I'm gonna fucking hand feed you the fuck out of here, my Don't kill me, man. Yo, I swear to God. Yo, it was a nigga that ate my man. I swear to God, my brother said my man would do it. My man? Yo, I didn't have the heart to do it. I didn't have the heart to do it. Victor said my man would do it. We was in cool breeze and shit. And, and, and Victor, he just told me, he was like, he said, my man. Man, maybe Victor was so drunk that he did tell oh, my man to shit. do it. Oh, shit. Let's go, she's Rock up. If you don't get your hand off my son, you better. Victor called me from the bar. You ain't got to tell him nothing. Victor called me from the bar. Mom, I think I'm going to do something bad. I know I can feel it. Look, I'm just tired, that's all. I'm just sick and tired. And somebody's got to pay. Somebody's got to he came back into the house like a, an hour later. He's throwing up all night. I didn't even know that other boy was lying dead in the parking lot. The next morning, He says that he can't get out of bed. His legs are cramped. He can't walk. It was just like a dream. It was like somebody else was pulling the trigger. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened. Mommy, I swear I'm going to help Victor. What is going to happen to my son? Did you get the money from Sharon? Huh? For the bill? She wouldn't take it. My son, Victor, said it was self-defense. Believe him. Has Spike Lee ever done a comedy? He's done comedies. Um, he has comedic moments. I can't think. I guess Bamboozled is probably yeah, say, that one? the most like straightforward comedy I can think of. 
Yeah, I haven't seen that one, so I don't know. Uh, Crooklyn, is that a comedy or no? I've never seen Crooklyn. Neither have I. I've never seen Crooklyn. I, that's, I, I believe it's kind of a comedy. Yeah, I think it seems. Okay. Got, I think it's got a little bit more of a light. Better blues. Like better blues. There's comedy. Uh, Anyways, yeah. I'm sure he's. He usually, knows how usually, to make people laugh. Yeah, usually dramas, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple jokes in 25th Hour. At any rate, this is Clockers, 1995. Spike Lee directed a big cast. Harvey Keitel, Mackay Pfeiffer leading the way. And there are some heavy hitters. Delroy Lindo. It goes on and on Delroy. and on. Travis, you chose this movie. So please take us back in time. So uh, I remember when this movie came out. Like, in 95, I was a huge John Turturro fan, which is, again, like I was 15, why I was all about John Turturro at like 14, 15 years old. I'm not really sure. I remember like I was a like, big fan of Men of Respect for some reason, speaking <laughs> of Dennis Farina. Um, I, I think it was Barton Fink that really pushed me over the edge. But so, uh, I, so I was pretty eager to watch this movie uh, when it came out. And I, don't, and I, I don't remember if I saw this or... Uh, get shorty first but I, I feel like i'd seen get shorty before i saw this because i think i was excited about delroy lindo at the time same too. year uh yeah it was the same year um and uh and 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 i believe i even saw it in theaters and it was one that like uh yeah i watched a lot with like i remember watching it with remember andrew johnson i don't know if you guys yeah, remember yeah, this okay. fun, this friend of ours I remember i remember watching it with him at his house i think um and uh, and I really liked it. And it's when I watched quite a few times. And then I, I get, yeah, it's been it easily been 20 years or more probably since I've watched it. But it's one that I held in the back of my head as being like among the good Spike Lee movies, but people don't talk about it as much. You don't really hear it come up in conversation the way you hear about some other of his films. So I thought it'd be a fun one to, a, a way to bring him onto the show because we haven't, you know, we haven't done him yet. Well, certainly overdue, no doubt about it. Eric Brasham, take us back. You did not see this in the theaters. <laughs> no offense. I don't know if that is offensive. Uh, you know what, Mike? I didn't catch it in theaters. And uh, I got to tell you, the first time I saw it was this morning. Travis would recommend this like every day to me when we worked at Blockbuster. I thought you'd seen it. No, I'd never seen this. I was thinking of something else. Like, uh, I, I'd never seen the film. Like, every day you'd be like, rent it, rent it, rent it. And I'd be like, I'll get around to it. Never bothered to see it, sadly. Wow, like like every other movie I recommended to you in the 90s. Yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. true. So that's, uh, there's a Sorry. trend. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll never forget your Red Dogs recommendation. The only one you ever checked out. The only one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm coming in fresh, man. So am I, dude. I never saw this movie either. I can Shit. take myself back to 95 with the commercials and clockers, 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 clockers. It didn't sell itself well at all for some reason uh, to me as a 15-year-old white suburban dude, which I don't know what that says about me, what it says about the marketing. I could say a lot of things, frankly. Either way, I, I just wasn't motivated to see it in any way, and uh, it never came through my purview wow. either so well i think it would have been easy for them to market this um like you know um don't be a menace or boys in the hood or something like that which all were doing pretty well around the time but uh and this is kind of in the wheelhouse of those movies but it, uh, you know we're dealing with spike lee here he's got a lot more um straightforward i think moral messaging that he's making with this movie that wouldn't make it like appeal to teenagers necessarily one of the yes. reasons Spike made the film is to kind of put a no pun intended here, but put a nail in the coffin of all of these like like inner street black versus black crime movies. And if he had a hand in the marketing, I bet you any any di bottom dollar he shied away from those comparisons to. And that, 
Yeah. yeah. And it, and it suffered in the, in the box office. I mean, it didn't, it didn't make the money back that was, uh, that was spent on it, but it was critically well-received. Mm. I feel like Harvey Keitel was marketed too much for this movie. As, well, that's how I remember it being younger. Like he's overly marketed. Like there's way more going on than that, but yeah. whatever. That's the nineties. I, I think do? this was, I, I didn't check. Is this Mackay Pfeiffer's first movie? I feel it like is. it is. I'm yeah. very confident yeah, that it is. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was part of it. You know, like he's, he's the main guy. Delroy Lindo, uh, does amazing work here, but he was not quite at the point where you could advertise with him very easily. Even John Turturro wasn't much of a name. Um, Mackay Pfeiffer was on ER, but it might have been after this. So yeah, ER was, was after. Back then, so. I think it was after. Um, so really, Har- Harvey Keitel still fresh, like like after his Reservoir kind of resurg- Reservoir Dogs resurgence. He was the, yeah. the biggest selling point in this. Movie and he's ever. coming off of Bad Lieutenant, which was. Um, well, yeah, Pulp Fiction was year before. I mean, it's yeah, not that but, far away. Yeah, I think people that found that film distasteful were kind of like, "He's a cop again." I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip. <laughs> which there's some there's some heavy Bad Lieutenant vibes with his character throughout this movie. Uh, it's like it's like that character diet, but um, but there's, <laughs> there's there's still a lot of that going on, particularly at the end of the film. Hmm. Well, I I didn't mean to. I looked at it, so I know the score on IMDb. Does anyone else not look at it? I looked at it too on accident. I didn't. Oh, Bob but I'm gonna say, I was maybe six point five, six point six. Was it six point nine? That's right, Travis. Six point okay. nine. Yeah. Which is just under seven, which is a legit film. Right. So it's a solid score. Uh, nobody should be, you know, no one should be writing letters to the editor and say, "Oh, I cannot believe." Uh, you know, it's not a terrible score, the, in my the, opinion. The but. corporate heads of IMDb. <laughs> I've got something <laughs> to say to you. <laughs> I don't know who runs. I don't even know who founded. You don't hear much about who founded IMDb. Who, who was it? You it hear was every like founder of these things. I don't know who it figures, is. shadowy behind the scenes in smoky yeah. rooms. Like movie psychos? Uh, I don't know. I'd be curious to know that. Uh, side note, if anyone knows, email the show, cinemanipod.protonmail.com. We hate emails, but we do like information. All right. Over on Rotten Tomatoes, Clockers has a 71 from the critics. Not bad. It's not great. 70, not bad. 74 from the audience. Very tight. Very, very tight. That's a, that's a good balance. A little bit lower than the... I would have thought from the critics, to be honest, based on what you were saying too, Travis. So, um, I th- I think the Metacritic score is higher. Ooh, I, I want to say maybe we should start incorporating Metacritic. Maybe I made a huge mistake. I apologize. I, c- I could be pulling that out of my butthole. Hang on. Uh, oh, how's your butthole? Seventy-one, no, 71 on, on on Metascore as well. Yay! All right. Uh, Michael Wilmington from the Chicago Tribune says, in many ways, it's better than the book it's taken from. It was a book, folks, by the way. Tighter, tauter, with a deeper vein of sadness opening underneath. I didn't read the books. Anybody read the book? Nope. Nope. I did did do some, some, I mean, I'd like to talk about Richard Price when we get done uh, with the reviews, though. Dick Price? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you guys laughed at that? Why did you laugh? It's hilarious. That? Dick Price. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Oh, you just yelled like Dick Price. <laughs> That's the kind our, of show our, we have, guys. Our humor gonna... is puerile. What do you want? <laughs> I I support it. I do. I'm just I'm I'm glad. I didn't know anybody would laugh. Thanks, guys. That's very nice of you. You're a funny man. <laughs> Thank you. Eleanor Ring Eleanor Ringle Cater. <laughs> Eleanor Ringle Cater from Film Scouts says Lee's movie feels like a two-hour public service announcement on the evils of drugs, 
bad cops and black on black violence. Oh, what about what's what was that one name? Snuffle cunts or Snuffle coots or oh, Goody Coons. Goody Coons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's what's Mister Goody Coons yeah. say on this? Ever since we brought Goody Coons in, I've been looking for him every week. It's tough to find. Might have been. I, don't care might have been a one-off. I just want to say his name. <laughs> this is only <a> review. <laughs> no one remembers his first name. It's just Goody Coons. Uh, Goody Coons, Mister Goody Coons. Uh, but that was a negative review, by the way. She's that's a splat. Oh, so. I was thinking Goody Coons. I wasn't. I wasn't paying. Yeah, yeah. Well. It's, PS, it's a PSA. I think it's a little more than that, but we'll talk about that. Peter Triver says, Clockers thunders home with the bruising urgency of a story that needs to be told. Okay. okay. Very, very direct. And the great Roger Ebert, who was alive at this time, said, although Clockers is, as I suggested, a murder mystery, in solving its murder, it doesn't even begin to find a solution to the system that led to the murder. That is the point. I was going to say, that's the whole point. Okay, good. He took care of it for you. Uh, no Dessen Thompson. Yeah, no Dessen. Uh, pretty minimal. Only three pages of reviews, so not a ton of reviews on this one. But uh, you know, right. so there you go. There's a smattering. So PSA though. What about the PSA comment? Well, anything- I mean, the movie is very clearly trying to make a message. Like it's not. It is a message movie, right? Like it's not subtle in that. The movie starts with it's just black violence right it's black bodies bleeding and gutters oh yes that's a, yeah, dude it's, whoa it's hardcore yes. that yeah, is really so, that blew my mind i'm so glad yeah. i'm glad if i would have forgot to mention that i would have been so pissed that was fucking intense that's like yeah. real, those look like he went to the they, police and said hey can i have some real photos of actual murders they, they, i'm pretty they sure they it's oh were they and yeah they're real they are I was hoping they weren't. Fuck. Yeah, they're real. Oh, I thought it was too real because it's yeah, 95 it's too, you know? Yeah. He zooms out of a bullet hole. That's how the movie starts. Yeah. You don't know it's a bullet hole of yeah, a body. Yeah. That's how the yeah. movie starts. It's uh, funny because you have that that such a provocative, uh, evocative montage in the credits. And then this like mustard and ketchup font clockers title comes on the screen. Like, <laughs> the 90s, man. Come I, on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I do like the um, the song uh, written by a guy named Mark Dorsey yes. for that, yeah, for that really opening Fucking song fantastic. called People in Search of a Life. Very Stevie Wonder yeah. influenced. I thought it was really yeah. good. That's why I thought it was Stevie Wonder about looking it up. I had to look it, was, it up. Yeah, I was because I thought it was Stevie. I'm like, I don't know this song, but it, but I definitely noticed. It was like, I like this song. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. I do have some issues, some major issues with some musical choices throughout the movie, frankly. But I I really liked that opening song. Mm-hmm. Cool. Can we hear it? Like, let's, don't yeah, do the branch from preview. Let's hear. Well, it. I mean, do we need three seal songs? I mean, I, I, that's <laughs> acoustic, from some, acoustic that's too. From, that's coming from someone who likes seal. Yeah, uh, kind of. I'm crazy. Um, yeah, the, the downtrodden acoustic. Like, yeah. they're not the pop song. Crazy's in there, but yeah, it's an acoustic. That was, yeah, that was cool, dude, but like, but like, I, I, the biggest, like, I don't think it worked for the scene. Like, it's like there, it was too loud, and it didn't really fit the vibe of the scene. Like the ending song, um, like when you know, not, like not to get into the ending too early, but like the ending when he's like leaving and stuff there's all this emotional stuff going like he's getting or when he's being beat up by keith david andre the giant when he's being beat up by him it's like this fucking kind of like upbeat r&b song like (laughs) i'm like what is this choice here but anything's better than the same old shit from terrence blanchard who i frankly is one of my least favorite composers i've mentioned on a show did he compose this he did compose this that's why it sounds like every other movie i mean my biggest issue is blanchard's work and i think that's where the psa after school special comments probably come into play because Literally every time like they go from a scene that doesn't involve Mackay Pfeiffer to Mackay Pfeiffer, this after school special mm-hmm. droning dumb score comes in. It's Just like, okay, I, I never I'll ending horn. Myself. Thank you. Never ending horn. It's always never so overworked. What's that family guy? You ever see that family guy scene where the <laughs> It's the good fellas? <laughs> 
uh trumpet good that's uh, so funny find it somewhere you'll laugh trust me it's a way too loud horn in like a good fellas paul Servino scene it's really funny but in this movie it reminded me of 25th hour and it reminded me of inside man yeah. i'm like this, this almost sounds like the exact same score it does it's the same score he uses the it same is. score over and over again that's what's one of the it's one of my many complaints about terrence blanchett i love spike lee but yeah. like i he just i mean and, and blanchett was nominated last year for um um, five bloods for the five bloods which it was one of his better scores but still i still complained about it when i saw that movie because i'm like fuck again <laughs> like on. just pick up a i mean i i like filmmakers that use the same crew over and over again but i like it when they work together i've never i've never personally felt like blanchard has worked with spike lee's music yeah. with, with his films it's always just so overwrought and like God, yeah. uh, smothering yeah. My i thought smothering. yeah it, eric you said it you felt the Blanchard score parts were like a PSA to you, but to me, it was yeah. when like the Seal stuff was on. It felt PSA. I love that stuff. Like it, I, I like to to me. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to pinpoint. I thought it was kind of a brave choice for him to not slap something on that was too typical. Mm -hmm. uh, so I liked a lot of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I lose one of the Seal songs, but like when he meets up with Errol that first time, the "Give Me Fifty Bucks" scene in mm -hmm. Crazy's playing. I mean, you listen to the lyrics. We got to survive somehow. It's perfect in this yeah. cool kind of jazzy. This like this is their life kind of way. And I do like. I mean, the movie starts with with like the first conversation really in the film is like discussion over like rap music, right? Like yeah. uh, realistic kind of negative uh -huh. rap that reflects yeah. daily life, or 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 rap that's like positive and uplifting. Absolutely. But but there's really not a lot of rap in the film. No, like, they he intersplices these videos like when they're at the bar. Like, uh, the bomb, the, and the, the, and the beer, the forty, yeah, the forty the shaped bomb. like a nuclear bomb. Yeah, the girl's the like, bomb. I love the bomb. Uh, Did you get thirsty for one of the bombs when you were watching what, it? I, what is going on with the bomb? Is it his? Is it his red apple? Like, what's what's he trying to do here? <laughs> Reminded me of Bobcat Ice when we went down to Florida in two thousand one. That's what I thought. King but, Cobra, yeah, King, King Cobra. Cobra. But yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> He interspliced it like he's setting up a message, but then he abandons that com basically completely. It seems it's, like a weird choice. There's like this really like focus on this commercial, and then like a billboard later, and then Chuck. Oh, which inside the train oh, set? Yeah, that's in the real world, and it's in the train set. No, I didn't notice yeah. it in the train set. Yeah, um, that was weird. And then Chucky, like, he's playing Chucky again, right? I feel like he's played this character before at Spike Lee. Am I right? <laughs> like yes. that's right that's like a regular yeah. thing that he does am i wrong i mean yeah um, that's it i mean he plays mars and then he plays chucky yeah that's the thing so. um so and he's drinking to bomb at like at the end <laughs> of the movie but yeah but i think the point of it is that like what's being what what's being marketed to black communities exactly. beer exactly. booze you nailed it this this is, yeah it's like fast food or right. booze not healthy yeah, specifically I cheap 40s of beer that you can yeah, maybe yeah. afford. It's just I think that's the point. Exploited. Well, I, I yeah. found that to be like a a double whammy with the the drugs and the fast food being sold in the same place. It's shitty food, drugs. <laughs> yeah. It's mm -hmm. like the role yeah. to me the same thing. And and I I thought that was kind of on purpose. I didn't read the book though, so I don't I know what the was. fuck's going on. Yeah. Let's talk, talk about, about Dick Price. Yeah, let's talk about Dick Price for a minute. Showrunner of HBO's The Outsider and one of the main writers of The Wire. Yeah. Um, a white man. Oh who, my god! I uh, thought of The Wire when I was watching this. That's so weird. Well, it makes sense uh, because he wrote a bunch of episodes for The Wire, and right. it, there's some people that think this that his book and or the movie kind of helped inspire The Wire. And you should. I mean, like, yeah, it's there, and, and like you have 
interactions between the police and like criminals and they're on equal footing and morality is unclear. In fact, the police are in this film are significantly worse people than the yeah. people locked I don't know, in. Who, who these... the fuck Imperial's character was? Was he a, I couldn't tell if he was actually a detective or a drug dealer or he worked for the mob. I'm not He was kidding. a corrupt cop. He was a corrupt, corrupt cop. cop I, I, I struggled to figure it out in the beginning though. I'm like, what What are you doing here? Who are you? Yeah, eventually he, he, when he's sitting with Kaitel and he says he's going to hand him uh, Roddy on a plate, that's when I finally figured it out. But I didn't know yeah, right away. He's, he's a narcotics detective. And so he's, he's he's like he's and he's corrupt as hell. Which I, while we're talking about Michael Michael Imperioli, I'd like to mention real quick. I, one of the things I enjoy, I've been I've mentioned on the show, I've been going through the Sopranos again, and like every time I watch a New York movie from the '90s, it's just like stuffed. Like there's so it's Michael Imperioli, obviously, who plays Christopher Moltisanti, but then also mm-hmm. like two of the other detectives in the film. Like you see him for a hot second. You see Paul Schultz, who plays Father Intentola on Sopranos, and you mm-hmm. see Arthur Nas- Nascarella, who plays uh, Carlo, one of the captains. The father who you takes advantage of women for their food yeah, yeah. you think i'm a snore don't you oh uh. <laughs> uh, yeah that guy and they both it's so funny like every time i watch a 90s movie from from uh from new york it's like oh, there, there's vincent pastor or like you know one ah, somebody yeah. you know it's like always it's fun well i thought it was the wire to me i got the wire vibe because of the yeah. way the drug buy was so mm-hmm. well done it was just like the wire with the you got the yard they're on the benches here this open courtyard if you will and and then the first time they show it to you, Spike Lee is very directly with the camera work. Yeah, the mechanics the, of it. Yeah, every single shot. That guy walks up. That's a white dude. And you're like, hey, what's up? You know, they do the thing. And then they hit the guy in the house. Another guy gets notified. And there's like all these hand signals. And I, that's what reminded yeah. me. Like, dude, this is this is as good as like real life drug activity is the right. wire. That's why I thought it was very procedural. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm a dick price almost a super fan because he wrote color of money and that's one of my i know, you know yeah that's one of my right. top 10 favorite movies and he also wrote mad dog and glory which i think is a really underrated movie from the 90s but we're talking about a ivy league like middle-aged jewish uh dude from i guess he grew up in a housing project but like like um is is this the this the, like i'd be interested to see what the book and then what spike lee brought to that after he took it over and, and penned the script well, uh, a cursory glance at the Wikipedia article, anyway, uh, that, <laughs> since I didn't read the book, um, so says that like the, the film is a lot more based in emotion than the procedure, which makes mm. sense, you know. Like, I mean, and that's probably like it's a good thing you got Spike Lee directing this and not like I don't know, fucking Harmony well, Corrin or something. Like Scorsese's <laughs> name's on the executive producer, so he, that's something he was, we should mention. He was actually originally supposed to direct. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that he did not. I'm glad he said that. Yeah, I'm glad. Um and I'm, I, yeah. producer, but he, he didn't go to the set or anything. He just kind of passed it along to Spike Lee and took the executive producer credit. But yeah, it could have been a completely different film, especially considering the book takes place from Rocco's point of view, from what I understand. Oh, really? Yeah, because De Niro is gonna play Rocco and, and Spike Lee. Oh yeah, yeah. And made uh, strike the the main protagonist, which is a really important and good call. If you if you made this movie about a, a, if, basically if this was Bad Lieutenant again, yeah, it would not be good. Like this movie wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't work. The 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 fact that you have sympathy for Strike's character and for Victor's character, which I'm not the biggest fan of some of the things that Isaiah Washington has done and said in his life, but my God, he's fucking great. In this he's movie. fantastic. Oh, Has man. he said some things I don't know about in his life? Yeah, he, he's he, he's had a couple occasions of some really like overtly homophobic comments that he was like unapologetic oh, about. Um, but oh, um, like the baby, that's too bad. 
yeah. Um, but man, he is he. I mean, like just I, I think it's performance of the movie is is him. Like he yeah, maybe Delroy Lindo kind of second, but uh, he is Isaiah Washington is incredible in this movie. Has that scene uh, the flashback? Oh, oh yeah, the, when he's puking, yeah, it's un like it's yeah. gut wrenching. But everything he does is just solid gold in this film. It's really really powerful. Why is the flashback gut wrenching though? Oh my god! I mean, just just him going through, like him acknowledging, like him admitting that he's a murderer, him, yeah. um, him dealing with the guilt of I just shot a man for yeah. fucking no real reason. In, like, in a in yeah. a inner city film, I mean, we can talk forever about Boys in the Hood and Menace to Society, but to have a scene like this where there's this genuine, um, like wrought emotion from someone who took a life, yeah, and that's one of my favorite parts about this movie is the fact that it once again de-glamorizes this criminal base in this like scarface horse shit of mm-hmm. these people being idolized uh I, I, yeah. good riddance absolutely rodney delroy lindo's character is a fucking chicken hawk he, he talks about how he wants an army he dreams of an army of children like he's a chicken hawk he's he's taken um yeah strike under his mm-hmm. wing to, and and is raising him to be a chicken hawk because he's, he's a sword dude Right, and he's gonna and 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 strike is turning around and gonna turn Tyrone into one of his yeah. little minions, yeah. and it's like and it's and it's nothing glamorous about this. No. Like there's no. nothing cool Stri- about Stri- this. Yeah, none of none of the characters are are cool at all. Strike doesn't get a bunch of money and have like a night on the town or get like the hottest woman in in the the area. It's it's all thrown out. This is just a guy trying to fucking survive. And I love yeah. When, does this uh, look glamorous back here? I don't think it looks no. Glamorous. It does not. I love when Michael Imperioli's uh, character Jojo just refuses to believe that Strike doesn't like basketball. Like just just doesn't just yeah. doesn't accept it. He said he was dunking since he was a baby. Yeah, right. and he refuses like, no, to believe I, that he can't dunk a basketball right. because like, I like trains. He's black. Yeah. Thing. I like Good trains. Lord. And um, what? Go ahead. What about um? I wasn't familiar with this. Is it's a racial slur? The Y word they're using? Yeah, I'd never heard that one before. The guy takes offense to it. The other narcotics or homicide yeah, officer. I like that scene because they're like very like the cops are very casually like using racist slurs like in front of a black dude like it's no big deal. And it's finally like what the he even fuck said though. Tatura's character said, "Well, no." One of them says, "Well, oh, yeah, no yeah, offense yeah, to does. him," and then yeah, continues to do it. And then he's like, "Dude, I've had enough. Come on, cut the shit." Right. <laughs> but, I, I, and what? <laughs> no, please, you go. Well, that, that's one of the things I like about I mean, like when the cops are introduced, uh, Harvey Keitel and, and John Turturro's character, they come onto the scene. Um, like, like there's a there's a, a bicycle, a, a young black child on a bicycle moving one way, and then he's superseded in the in the frame by the uh, by the by the slow moving black sedan. They come in and they are um, like they're they they litter. <laughs> all right so then one of the first things that they do is like the, the cops are littering they are um they come and they are like making fun of the the body uh, they're drinking too by the way they're drinking yeah they're drinking yeah. That, that's, that's what i was meant to say they're drinking on the job and throwing the bottles up, and they're and they're using racist slurs left and right like they're well established early on like these are bad people they're just bad people well they're, they're bad people and they're also they're jaded as fuck too i mean oh, yeah. i i could say Yes, they definitely are bad people, but they've also been corrupted by the work they do because it's becomes. I think that's point of Spike Lee's points is that yeah. these guys have become corrupted because they're jaded by seeing a body every night and they right. think it's commonplace now. Oh, it's like fun of a guy. He's got no, a bullet. Yeah, you're too. right. Uh-huh. Because Rocco's so so fucking jaded, in fact, that like he will not accept the truth that he will pursue and ruin and almost have a man killed. 
um, ruin someone's life uh, because he's convinced that the 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 clocker that he's the one responsible and not yeah. the upstanding citizen Victor. I mean, you can't go to work every day and see that kind of horror without substituting your emotions and having kind of a defense mechanism in lieu of just seeing these fucking dead bodies. I'm not going to forgive these horrific jokes, but I, I knew a cop who straight up told me that every day it's like going to war every day. So you you, you have to change your mindset. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say these are all horrible people, these cops. They're part of a, it's a symbiote relationship. Yes. It goes both ways. I mean, they're, I mean, they're part of a system that's not working. Right. Like yes. they're not, maybe they're not terrible people, but they're part of, they're, they're not the right people for that job in that place and time. One of them. That's all, yeah. One of that's them. how I see it. It's it. happening right now in Detroit, right outside of us here. It's people who are exhausted by a job and the mental health toll is so great that there's no support for it. And it creates a world, you know, I'm not a pro police guy by any means, but these are human beings yeah. and we ask them to do this job. We say, you don't get paid shit and we're going to work you to the bone and fuck you. It's pretty, and, you know, that's pretty much what it is. It's not an excuse for behavior, but we have to understand the mental health toll that uh, both of these guys, Turturro and Kaitel's character, they're both, they don't even realize it. That's the worst part. Don't realize that they're what overworked. they've become. Yeah. Yeah, that they're overworked and that they've become completely jaded by it. And to see a dead body is a horrific thing. And that's what this movie said. You already guys already said that it really makes a great point about this is not a glamorous lifestyle and to see a murdered body a human being the, the one that shocked me the most of the pictures in the beginning was the body in the dumpster kind of thrown over like yeah that's a human being and, and this is almost every i think about rocco's arc this investigation what he goes through what he sacrifices what he commits to and what the very next day there's the same goddamn thing laying on the street. Another stain on the sidewalk on the, on the, this flagpole, which is like central to the Nelson Mandela projects. Right. And, mm -hmm. and like the movie really kind of operates around this flagpole, like stone center. I, I love the way that works. Uh, structurally, structurally speaking. Let me ask you guys something. And I know we're in 2021. I do yeah. get that. That's what we're doing. Does it hold up clockers? 1995. Spike Lee would know better than anybody he did do the right thing he set the tone for his career and changing the game of mainstream movie making but i actually think that the new york cops are more corrupt than we're actually shown in this movie they're obviously not great guys and they've got issues i thought it could have gone farther than it did in a way and i want i actually my, my point here is that I wonder if they had to be toned down in any way. I wonder what kind of studio control was involved with this, mm. how much free reign Spike Lee actually had or didn't have. I, I wonder about that, but I wonder if that crossed either of you guys' minds. For me, it didn't. And I'm, I'm, I, you look at a movie like Colors, which I think is a really provocative film, for like 10 years before that is pretty much the last word on police corruption. So I, I didn't hear anything about any sanitization of the, these characters, but I'd, I'd be interested in your thoughts. Or if you'd want to see them be, if you thought it was an accurate representation of the time. That's I don't know. also the other point of this. Yeah, I, who, who knows? Because this is one of the most corrupt police forces in the fucking world. Yeah, I, I, don't, I mean, in the night, in the mid 90s even. And um, like, the, but yeah, I, I don't know how much cleaning up is being done here. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I don't know enough about it, but um, we also don't delve too deeply into the, there's a lot of cops shown to us, but we really only get two kind of three, you know, uh, that's Michael my point. I think you're, you're hitting on the point that I would like to see 
Maybe that's not what this movie's about necessarily, yeah, but, but it yeah. kind of is. Well, you know? but the same token, I wouldn't have minded a little bit more of scientific. Um, when, you know, one of the other characters, one, one of the drug dealers that, that works for um, um, Strike. So, so, so I think that, you know, I, but also this movie's a little over two hours long and they, and they do a lot with it. There's a big world built here. Um, you get a real sense of history, like with Keith David's character, for instance. You get the, this is a man with his finger in the dam. You know, this is someone who who works in the community, who cares about the community, who lives in the community, and befriends and tries to mentor um, people as a cop, right? And he's trying to like have a positive influence in his community. And then you have these other cops, these white cops, blowing in and roughing everybody up violating people you know spread your butt cheeks take your lift your ball checks little like, like violating people and as, actually and that after, was a good point yeah and after they're done violating people they throw candy on the ground right. for children to have like I, like like they like they're <clears throat> again like they're a fucking war and they're trying to like here have some fucking positive feelings about us Right. That ground. was the one scene where it was done well. And it was in the beginning, too. Yeah, those yeah. assholes like that come in and spread your butt cheeks, slap your ball bag, fucking scumbags. That's what I, that's the New York Police Department, I believe. So that was, well, yeah, I'll give the I movie mean, credit for that. I don't want to leave that out. That Mike, was this done. Is, this is a pre body cam NYPD. And yeah. it, it was anything goes. I mean, my word against yours. So I think things have changed exponentially. I can't yeah. talk about exactly what happened in 95 in New York. <laughs> well, but... this is six years after the Central Park? Five. Yeah. Two, so, which wasn't a thing back then. They were looked at as criminals. We know that now. Clearly, it was not the case. But, Eric, you were gone for a second. Travis mentioned the two-hour-plus runtime. Two-hour, eight minutes, I believe, is the runtime in this. I'm going to come clean here. It's time to talk turkey. I got a little bit uh, kind of a drag ass feeling at about an hour, 10, hour 15. I'm, I'm like, how many times is Harvey Keitel going to go back to strike and talk to him? How many, how many business cards is he going to give him? And I'm like, okay, I know this part. He's going to have this banter and he's going to try to get a little more information each time. And it happened to, I guess that's like realistic. Like that's kind of how it would go. But at the same time, I was kind of like, all right, as a movie making choice, it, it dragged a little bit for me. Well, yeah, yeah, I, 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 it does. There's a bit of a slump there. I'll acknowledge that. But as far as um, like him coming back and forth, I find it interesting that like he learns all this stuff about Strike lying to him, like on the first fucking day. Uh, at the first blush, he's like, he, he, he talks to other people and figures out that Daryl is a drug dealer that he worked with him at Rodney's. He knows all this stuff, and he, and he just keeps on revisiting him and not letting him know that he knows that. But the, the thing that ultimately he's doing is 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 like his plan B, which he ends up going with, which is making it look like Strike is working with him to try and bully Strike into a situation where he'll either be murdered or forced into like snitching, right? Which is so devious and like horrific. <laughs> um, the slump I can maybe blame on what may may not entirely be a passive protagonist but we do have someone in strike that either you know does nothing or has stuff done for him he's just i mean when all is said and done i mean yeah what's he gonna do i mean he's 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 a victim of this environment but that's part of the point that but yeah i mean he's not he doesn't go out and try to get to the fucking bottom of what's going on to get his brother out of jail he doesn't really do anything much to support Tyrone, and he doesn't really do that much for himself. And his yeah, he's not a great guy. 
He's not a great guy. He's trying to, he lies to his brother in the beginning of the movie who he knows his brother's a a guy who's on the up and up and not a murderer. And he lies to him in the beginning of the movie, trying to provoke him into killing uh, someone for him. Like, so he, and and then the way he treats Tyrone is awful. Like it's awful. Um, He's not a good person. So that's Especially since problem. he had the example given to him by Andre growing up initially, right. too. It almost makes it worse. It does make it worse. Right, because he he, he could have, like, he, he's influenced by Andre and by Rodney, and he went, like, Rodney's route. I mean, influence is one of the themes that bring me, that make me want to watch this movie again mm-hmm. as soon as possible, because Spike Lee is not, he's not trying to, like, like the reviewer said, solve this issue. I think he may be trying to investigate a way to maybe you know prevent it or 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 help people understand it yeah, and shine a light and, on and, it right? and it comes from this this full bullshit mentorship which you know just because it happened to me it's destined to happen to you there's no way out of this system if you don't get out of that bullshit mindset well yeah give the movie credit too for also the crack scene where Delroy Lindo explains how his product will never run out. This is 95, you know, crack's been through the eighties too. And this is a year, I believe it's a year after Travis, you can verify this. I think when they passed the, uh, like the three strikes or like no bullshit crime law across the country was in 94. I think, uh, the one that Hillary Clinton got shit on for calling people, uh, she never actually said that. I don't think, but whatever It, it was all the whole thing happened and people's lives were greatly affected by the changing and we got to lock down on drug use and we got to put these people in jail and Delroy Lindo makes a great point about that the dialogue is so well done there whether yeah. it was re- Dick Price's or it was redone or repurposed <laughs> either way it's a great well Spike great Lee's co-wrote oh yeah so Spike Lee absolutely mixed this in it's a product that will it'll never run out you'll ne- it'll be it's, it's a perfect product and the, yeah. you're going to be six feet under that's the only time you're going to stop trying to cop. And it's so very true. And, and then it goes into this whole montage while he's playing with his trains in his apartment. There's a montage of several different types of all kinds of people, by true. the way. Credit to Spike Lee. He's showing all types of cultural backgrounds coming through for crack. And yeah. I thought that was really refreshing because let's be honest, the crack epidemic, it absolutely devastated urban communities and African-American communities. But there was other people using crack, too. And I want to give Spike Lee credit for that. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I also like as, as as far as mentorship and crack goes, like it shows it shows for one, it shows like just how horrific a person uh, Rodney is because like he acknowledges a way it destroys people and, and he loves that. Yes, it, it makes him great purchase. You know, like reusing like repurchasers. Oh, uh, and but also the scene like where um, where strike is mentoring rodney and like showing him how to yeah. cut it up and and yeah. and like tell him never to right. fucking take it or he shoot him don't skip yeah. school or i'll shoot you and like, <laughs> and like oh god but i also like that like at the end at the you end of tyler the- right tyler tyrone Sorry. oh tyrone okay you said yeah, uh rodney again I just want to make sure right. people. Oh, did. I, I mean, yeah, Strike. Well, Strike, whose real name is Ronnie. Like, I'm sorry if you, like this goes on. <laughs> if you have a character named Rodney, don't have a character named Ronnie. If you have a character <laughs> named Daryl, don't have a character named Errol. That's stupid. <laughs> it really bothered me too. Yeah, it's like let's Just call him Mike or Jeff or something. <laughs> something. This, anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, I mean. The, the the whole symbolism of the train is 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 speaks volumes for me and i mean i see i'm sorry but i think 
in the long run, Strike probably did some good for Tyrone, but Tyrone is going to be in the same situation as Strike in 10 years. It's it's like the train itself. I mean, it just goes round and round. I mean, yeah. it never goes straight. It never leaves a track. It just is cyclical. Okay. And you make, it, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, go it, ahead. It's, it's interesting. I, th- I don't know if it's on purpose, but I think there's a, a beauty in that. I think it's definitely on purpose. I think you make yes. two really good points. Like one was one of the point I was trying to get to that he does have a positive influence on Tyrone because Tyrone gets, ends up being into trains while everybody else is out in the street. It shows him at the end of the movie, people are, you know, they're out like looking at death and drugs and shit. He's playing with his trains and, and, and like clearly falling in love with trains and the history of trains and that kind of stuff. So that's really cool. But also by, but you're right. Like, even if he is saved, like what if he ends up like Victor, like it's not just the fucking crushing system of the ghetto and like all of that shit and like uh, racial like pressures and all this stuff. There's also like the, the, the pressures of pr- poverty and like, like Victor is an honest man in hell. Like he, like, you know, he, he, he works these two jobs and he gets spit on and he gets treated like shit, no matter how polite and kind and good and wholesome he truly is. Like he just cannot get ahead. He works to the point that he cannot stand the sound of his own child. Like that's how overworked this man is. And that's what you have to do in many corners of this, of this country and this world um, just to make it day to day. And like, and he eventually snaps and kills a man for fucking nothing because right. of it. So like uh, you're, it is, I mean, it is, maybe it's a pretty bleak film in its way too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's, Oh, go ahead. Yes. I'm say, sir. Well, uh, I, I think this film does what a lot of films about the inner city try to do, which is tell the viewer that yes, some of these people, I mean, it sucks to say, but they, a lot of them, if not even most of them, the best that they can hope for is to be like the Regina King character, played beautifully by Regina Regina Taylor. Regina Taylor. Taylor. I'm sorry, sorry, my bad. You're fine. You have, you have, you're not going to go to college. You're not going to be anybody or anything. You really don't have any future. So why believe in yourself or why try to get out? This is just life. I mean, it sucks to think about or even say, but this is how it is. So a lot of these people have acclimated to it in the film, and you don't have this saccharine message about uh, hope. And I mean, it, it's, it doesn't seem like a sad film to me, even considering those opinions. Okay. Uh, by the way, Travis, did you enjoy the uh, Marvel reference? You definitely know this was co-written by Spike Lee. Travis said that. Spider-Man. Hey, Harvey Cattell's going off. I'm Spider-Man character. I'm fucking. Uh. I thought you might like that moment. So. Yeah, it's okay. You know, Spike Lee loves comics. That's true. We all know that. Well, can we talk about the misdirection of this movie though before we close out? God, we're, time is flying by because we really need to dive into this. Uh, the way the movie structured for us puts us and reveals biases mm. from every person who watches it. In my opinion, I I was pretty convinced of a few things that didn't end up necessarily being true here because. They don't show you. They they want you. Spike Lee wanted to do that. Obviously, very so obvious saying, intent. You thought Victor was innocent, and that and that Strike was the killer. Is that what you're saying? It was. It seemed pretty clear to me, at least the way it was being presented, that that's what was going down. Hmm. Yeah, I think because it's really it seemed cool. procedural in the way it was created too. Or this yeah. is also the '90s, so I'm like, oh yeah, he fucking did it. But now he, when Tyler kills uh, Rodney's partner, he. That that was like okay, 
So this is like the cyclical message you're sharing me here that the, he killed and then he killed and so on. So that really sealed it for me. That was what yeah. sealed it. Um, while you bring up the character of Errol Barnes, uh, played by Thomas Jefferson Bird, uh, you know, this is a film that's trying to drive home that black lives are, are falling victim to gun violence at like a, a, an, an exorbitant rate. And it's not fucking entertaining. Right. And it 30 or uh, 25 years after the film is recorded, Thomas Jefferson Bird shot to death in the back last October. That's, that's tragic, man. And, and, and the, the man that shot him is, is arrested, but like, like the, that one of the star players from this film could fall victim to, to gun violence. Yeah. It speaks ironic and, and sad volumes. Right. Yeah. True. Nothing else to say about that. Yeah. But what about the misdirection? Come on. Other, what about that? Let's go back to that. So anybody else? Well, I mean, so one of the things I think that I can kind of glean from the book from not reading it, but from looking up, looking stuff up on it, it looks like in the book, it's clear that um, strike is surprised uh, that, that Daryl is dead. He's, but that he doesn't know who killed him either. So like that, I think it's a good yeah. call. If, if, if that is in fact the case, like, you know, again, I haven't read it, but if, the, but um, I, the way that, that spike uh, structured this was the right call. I think, it, I think it's good yeah. to make the viewer, take it like to be on Rocco's side and think that what Rocco's doing is, is maybe a little bit justified when it's not because Rocco is so fucking jaded, as we said earlier, that like he, uh, he thinks that his veteran status makes him like infallible and he's willing yeah, to do whatever. What's weird about that is he really like defends Victor a lot though. He goes, he's like, right. he's also going out of his way to defend Victor as this upstanding dude. The way, the he like, wants he does, to help him in a way because way he, he thinks he's Tyrone. good. The way he does Tyrone, because Tyrone is, you know, he's a young kid. He's like a smart kid. He's being vouched for by Andre. Like he wants, oh. he wants there to be like, you know, positive stories coming out of this project. And so, because it's all based in the same project, he wants there to be like, you know, success coming out of there. But like, yeah, he doesn't. But at the same time, he doesn't really believe it's possible. And and he, I love how he doesn't come out. I, I like this character, Rocco, the way it's written. Because you have him written as if he has these uh, uh, like hunches as a cop. And he's doing this because something's bugging him. It's not necessarily because he wants justice for Victor. Something doesn't sit right. And mm -hmm. any good detective is going to try to figure it out. So for me, I watched this ending where Strike is literally asking him, why, why are you helping us? I appreciate it, but why are you helping us? And he doesn't really answer him. And my fear is that he is thinking, well, I'm doing it because I had to solve this jigsaw puzzle, not necessarily because I gave a shit about your plight or your family. So yeah. it's interesting yeah. to me. No, you're, yeah, you're right. Like he's not, and he, like it's not, and it's not even like, why are you helping me? It's like, why did you care? Why did yeah. you care so much about right. all of this? But he um, can't say. He I, made that I, I clear. <laughs> he made that clear when he berates, when they have that standoff, him and Strike outside the police station the first time, oh, that fuck, he, man. Nah, you're not, I'm not going to be the patsy. You are you don't use me. I use you. Best, and he was right. very, movie. yeah, he made it very clear, in my opinion, what his motives were. Well, I think that was a, his callousness and kind of an ego thing where he wasn't going to get told what have you by, by this kid, but 
but he, he carried, carried it on. Yeah, he's he like, carried when, it on. Yeah, it, his when ego Rodney passes was by, he's like, hey, good luck. Yeah, hey, you're gonna die now. Next, you're right. fucked. Exactly. He, he's he's willing to have like he arranges it basically for this innocent person. To, I mean, a drug dealer, but still overall, not never killed anyone. Um, an innocent person to be murdered by Rodney based on a fucking hunch, and that and like and that's 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 pure ego, my friend. I mean, there's, there's nothing but that. Uh, if if you're if you're gonna you're, you're like you've literally got someone admitting to the to the crime and you refuse to believe it because you think you know better. Yeah, the power trip, ego driven. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. And whether he did the one right thing at the end, it's still he's back to the next dead body and he's gonna that yeah. ego is gonna take over again and it will perpetuate itself. Which again, like gives a really interesting kind of almost inversion of uh bad lieutenant's ending to get back to that. Cause I mean, there, there is definitely some heavy, you know, you've got him like dr- dropping off the suspect he's been chasing through the whole movie, dropping him off at a train station with very, very similar to the end of, of bad lieutenant. Um, I tell likes the same script over and again, the I've motivations are, <laughs> the motivations are different, but it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, is is Gangsta real? Can I play this game? It it looks really fun. Was that Sega system even real? Like, I don't remember what, people walking around that? with like virtual fucking glasses <laughs> and shit. I don't remember that at all. Uh, I believe uh kind of a video game historian, uh part-time. Uh it was a failed, absolute disaster attempt, but oh. uh Gangster I, don't think or the, or got, the, I think he mixed uh Gangster's fake. That's not real. Right. He def- Virtual, yeah, virtual boy. That was kind of it was that red screen. It was fucking, yeah, oh Dolph. god, it'd give you a headache. It'd be crazy, but yeah, I think they took a Sega Genesis controller and then they they took that shitty VR system that came out in the mid '90s and tried to connect the two. Oh, and okay. Gangsta is not a real game. I know that for sure. But I think so. with Gangsta, he's doing the same thing that he's doing with Da Bomb. Like, gotcha. Glamorization. That was of, gotcha. Right. They were doing that joke in the beginning of the movie too. Got ya. And did you pay attention to the the game? Like it it literally is the scene where. Tyrone kills Errol. Yeah, like, you're right. Playing it, it's the same thing that happened. And, and the, the characters yeah. look a lot like in the beginning when we were when we're seeing all of this bloody violence. You also see these graffiti characters that are like you know gangster looking cool kind of like characters, and in the in the game looks kind of like those people too. <laughs> so there's definitely some some comments being made here about about like what's being marketed. <sighs> yeah, it never got released. Uh, it was the Sega VR. Oh. Sega VR. Okay. Oh, he probably like, got access to it before thinking it was going to become a big thing. And yeah. then he just looks like he's the only motherfucker in the project or in the world <laughs> who's got this thing. And yeah. came out. Same fucking uh, thing as We look at it in 2021. We're like, what the fuck is that thing? I don't remember that. We played every video game in the mid 90s. Anyways, uh, anything else? Because uh, we're getting to that point, guys. We're about there. Oh, boy. Um, I guess it, don't trust if your car is parked in front of a police station that it won't get kicked to shit and the doors ripped off of it. Hmm. um yeah i I, I and if you're gonna bring things back uh just again a reiteration that like delroy lindo is fucking incredible in this that when he's grinning his way through kaitel and torturo coming to uh arrest him like he just he's so charming he just smiles through all of this um and then like excuse me yeah 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 uh, and then but then like like one fuck you from from strike and he's like punching him in the stomach which is brutal yeah, yeah and then sticking his gun in his mouth just like errol did to him which the power dynamic shift between errol and rodney is interesting in and of yeah. its own right but to get to like um we haven't really talked about um strike puking up blood and all this stuff and i really feel like this is like a sickness untreated 
that's maybe a maybe a heavy-handed metaphor yeah, but like, but the like booze. Yeah. just yeah the, the, just this untreated illness like of what are you what are you putting in and what's coming out like what's you're not taking care of yourself uh this is this is a this is a sickness that that's just not being dealt with yeah you, close-ups you, of the chocolate mousse about, bottle several times yeah are you talking mm-hmm. about like a literal like like they don't i don't think they mentioned they're like ulcers or anything but are you talking about a literal so no, it's a they don't bother mention or like the, the environmental it's, I mean, symbolism. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's symbolism, right? right gotcha. Yeah, for yeah. sure. His internal sickness is this whole movie's sickness in the <sighs> yeah. smaller version of the bigger world. So. Right. Yeah, I see that. That's cool, but yeah, whatever. Fine. He's a movie maker. You got to get artsy. That's fun. I don't yeah, care it's, about it's that. well done in a way. I mean, like a, all, yeah. Yeah. to the point that like he's like puking up blood and like Rocco so doesn't fucking care about him that he watches him like he watches him puke up blood for a while, cough up blood, and then he like watches yeah. him collapse and just drives off. I don't one of his crew members shit. kicks him while he's down there. Yeah, scientific. <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> man, it'll just yeah. uh, it's, it's so well done that life is this complex and things just don't end like that, and everybody has their own opinions. That's pretty cool. I'll give that. I don't want to give away the ending here, but now you're worried about spoilers at the end of our podcast? No, I'm talking about my reveal here. Uh, uh, Would you want to go ahead and go for it then? Okay, sure, I will. If you're you're Uh, feeling it. Yeah, I I guess I was. Uh, Yeah, he's getting the shit kicked out of him by one guy for a second, and he's puking up blood. He's laying on the ground. He's going to the hospital. He does go to the hospital while his other, some of his other crew was like, all right, hey, chill out, man. And this is what happens. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody sees the world differently. And question though is what are you going to do and what yeah. have you done and you will be Nailed responsible it. for your actions in the end you me if i i make the choices i can have all the mentors i can have all the friends and i can learn a lot about i can enjoy trains but some of the other actions i've done trains aren't going to change that and even if i show another kid what trains are like and how cool they are it might not have the impact i thought it would have initially so i think spike lee ah. even though he's doing a Big storytelling here about a massive problem in the culture. He's actually telling a story about like personal responsibility. Everybody, every one of them. The we talked about it throughout. You guys did a really good job of that. The the Rocco character, Strike character, and the Rodney character. These guys all are responsible for everything they've done, and they're going to have to be accountable sooner or later. You don't necessarily know when. So I'm really glad that you chose this movie. I should have watched it a long time ago. It's just another mistake and a long line of mistakes that I've made in my life. So this movie definitely holds up. It's a it's an excellent movie. And in fact, I think it's just, it's even better now, knowing what we know about the world today, 26 years later, it certainly, in my view, raises like the value of this film. If it was not well done in the box office or the critics liked it, that's fine. But now it looks even more prescient and accurate. All right. Um, I'll go ahead and go next. Uh, one of the things I like about this movie is the way it like constantly subverts your expectations about these characters. Like, for instance, Victor's the one who's got it together. He's the smart one, right? He's the good one. Like, dude, have you ever fucking heard of a public defender? Why are you just telling on yourself as you're being inter- interrogated this whole time? Like, why isn't there a lawyer present? And then, you know, Strike gets picked up and he's immediately like screaming like, lawyer, lawyer! Like, Strike in a lot of ways is a smarter guy. Like, like th- th- when when the point comes in the film that like he's getting ready to leave town, he realizes his gun's leaving. Like, I'm like, why don't you leave town tonight? And then I realize that like, he stays because he's got to see his, his, 
sister-in-law to give money to get the bail money to his brother. So he does care about Victor to the point that he really puts his life on the line and wouldn't get out of there were it not for Tyrone, who he treats like shit. But but Tyrone is, you know, he ends up being a being a murderer. So like the the way that this movie plays again with like the viewers' expectations and that kind of stuff, I think it's really really brilliant. I think that there's, I do, you know, there's some things like I think it gets a little muddy to try and follow sometimes earlier on what's happening a little bit. Some of the dialogue is really expository, and I can't like I miss some of it. Um, I love the cinematography, like the, you know, he, like this. He's really leaning. Spike Lee's really leaning heavily into that whole feel that he's kind of known for, and um, he does that floaty walk thing only a couple times in this movie, and he does it really effectively. He doesn't overuse it like he does in so many other films. Uh, I, I really, definitely feel like this movie holds up. I, I did not appreciate it when I was fifteen. I'm glad I liked it. I did not understand it. I took some of the wrong messages from it. I think, but uh, I'm glad that I liked it. Because so I can come back now and, and watch it again and uh, and get a lot more from it and uh, really appreciate this uh, underrated film. Wow. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I'm glad you brought it to the table. I mean, Spike Lee is a filmmaker that I think we need to be very, very thankful for without like people like him or black filmmakers like Ernest Dickerson or Carl Franklin or John Singleton we're not likely to see stories get greenlit by Hollywood that gives us this environment, which uh, the world demands that we learn about and educate ourselves about. Malcolm X says education's the passport to the future. So we need to be aware of what's going on and what we can do, even if it's just volunteering. I mean, yeah, post, post an article or, or post a, anything, but, you know, get out there and be a positive influence because this is a cyclical hell. Betray beautifully in in uh, in the film. Um, sometimes it gets a little prosaic, a little unfocused. We got a little goofiness by Spike Lee once in a blue moon, but overall, we got a glimpse of this way of life in a daring, original, entertaining, and way that. Um, that means something. I mean, how many movies fucking mattered? I think this one definitely does. Uh, holds up completely. <laughs> Spin it. All right, we got three three holds ups. Yeah, <laughs> it. Uh, real quick question before we go. Donnie says, "Hey guys, a couple questions. Travis touched on the Clockers book, but for other movies based on books, do you usually read the book or stick with just watching the movie? Both or just one? Why? I never read the book." I wa if I happen to read the book, great, but I don't care to. I just watch the movie. That's what I do. And that's it. I, I don't really have any deep view on that. I've hardly read fiction in over a decade. And um, <laughs> yeah. I don't have the time to read a book in a week anymore. <laughs> I used to do that all the time. I don't know how. Um, I specifically used to <laughs> read the book before I'd see the movie. You know me. I'd read the screenplay before the movie came out. But I, I haven't done it in years and years and years. And yeah, you so want me to change? Fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I would say like, unless I read it when I was younger or, or something, it's pretty unlikely that I would have read the book of, of most movies. And I'm, I'm definitely not one of those people that's like, Oh, you, you know, you got to read the book. I, like I love cloud Atlas. <laughs> I probably uh, never, never going to read that book. <laughs> that's the true, true right there. The no doubt about it. Anytime someone brings up cloud Atlas, I will fit in true, true. I that's, promise you that. That's should. the true, true. That is true, true. Uh, I, if we ever do Rising Sun, I did read that in 1994. So <laughs> okay. I read Sleepers. If we if we ever do Sleepers, oh. I read Sleepers. 
Wow. I thought we did sleepers already. Wow. No, you guys just talked about it a lot. Yeah. It'll be it's an incredible. Jesus. Ron Elder can actually act for a minute. Amazing. Sure he can. Yeah. Okay. All right. So who's going picks next? Who picks next? Is it Eric? What are we doing? Where are we? What's happening? Yeah, no kidding. I got next week's pick, and I've been, oh, God damn it. For the past several days, I've like juggling like four or five movies. I can't make oh. up my mind. I'm going to put this in your hands. We can go to 1985, we can go to 2000, or we can go to 2010. Ooh. But the, 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 death, the fate lies in your hands. I'm going to say 85, think, 85 or 2010. I'm thinking 2010. I'd like to see what you guys are thinking in more recent films. But we haven't been to the 80s. We really haven't been. To, we've only done, I think, two, maybe three movies from the 80s. As long as it's not Goonies. If it's not Goonies, not then. Not Goonies. Okay. Well, then, what do you say? say 80s. Yeah, say 80s. All right, let's do it. The, the stars have a line because, Mike, you're in a Bill Peterson uh, vibe. It's, it's unbelievable how many coincidences have popped up. But um, this has been on my radar for a long time. Bill Friedman to live and die in L.A. with Bill Peterson and Willem Dafoe. Finally, a movie I haven't seen before. Yeah, out of seventy movies, seventy-one LA. movies this is the first time. Yes. Have you, Eric, Mike? Have you ever seen this movie? I have not. I do uh, think it's funny that we just went to 1988 last week, but oh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! God but it doesn't it. seem like we've been in the 80s a lot. But we haven't. We haven't. Fun. I think you guys will like. This. I'm wondering what the 2010 movie was. Yeah, don't save tell it for me. Next time. Yeah, save. He will. He will. He will. All right. Cool. Well, hey. Yeah. To live and die, LA. Billy Friedkin. Bill 1985. Friedkin. Right, cool. That's cool. All right. I'll I'll watch it and talk about it next week with you guys, along with some other movies. I wonder what this be. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, probably, that's very likely. That's I wonder if this would be a tough one to find. Uh, I'm not very familiar did with you, the title at all. Yeah, did so. you look and make sure it's available? Well, either uh, way, I, I started watching Clockers on. You ever go to these YouTube channels where they put the movie in like a smaller screen <laughs> yeah. and they speed it up yeah. because yeah. they can't God. get a copyright yeah. issue for no. it? Yeah. I actually watched speed the first five minutes of it. I'm like, God, I gotta no, find can't. this. I can't do this. I yeah. can't do this. Can't do that. So I went and found it. So. <laughs> Thank you, Clockers right. people. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks for the right. Cinema Nine Pod. Good times. Rest salad. in power. Rest in power, Thomas Jefferson Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did someone else die of note that we should? Oh, I, I that's don't know, it. I'm sure someone in the movies will die this year, and they'll be a, in memoriam. And I mean, people die every day. I'm just, but we're, we're talking about the Clockers and <laughs> <laughs> the Clockers. Yeah, we're clockers. Talking every, I'm talking about everybody. Maybe Clockers. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Clockers. <laughs> Clockers will be right back after these messages. <laughs> uh, this is not the way to end the show. It's yeah, a very serious to, movie. I, I want, like I want you guys to know. Uh, well, if you watch the list of the whole show, you know it. We, we already made it clear. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Drink the bomb. I know who I am.